Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I am Megan Crow, and I'm joined today by everyone, Liz Lenevy, Amy Gunn, Mary Simon, Erica Slater, and Elizabeth McNulty. Hello, ladies. Hello. And today we have a very special episode. It is Mother's Day coming up, and we would just like to spend this time showing some love and appreciation to our moms. I think that I share the sentiment with everyone in this room that we would be nowhere without Without our wonderful mothers. They've been strong and caring presences in our lives and we just wanted to share some thoughts about our moms and what we admire about them, what we've learned from them over the years and how they've gotten us to where we are today. So I guess I will start us off. I don't think that I'm alone in this sentiment that me and my mom have gotten so much closer since becoming an adult. Not to say that we always haven't had a great relationship, we have, but I feel so lucky now as an adult to have her not only as a mom but as a friend. I guess I should shout out to my mom because I know she is a faithful podcast listener. So hi mom. (laughs) (laughs) And that is really a true testament to how much she supports me and cares about me because one she doesn't really know anything about what we do as lawyers as she's not a lawyer and she still finds something interesting about even our hard skills topics and she always asks me about them and, and finds them engaging and I just love that. And, you know, when I told her that we were doing a podcast at work, her first question to me was, how do I download the podcast app? <laughs> and I I just, I love that she's so supportive, even through things that, you know, she wasn't interested in podcasts at first. She's not a lawyer, but she, she shows her support and love to me in that way. And I love that we can have a connection through this. Recently, I had a really special experience with my mom that really showed me how good of a role model she is not only to me but to other people and it it brought me such a deeper appreciation for her so my mom she's not a lawyer but she works around lawyers she is the chief administrative officer at the southern district of illinois u.s attorney's office and she has been recognized for her work in several different ways she's won several different awards throughout her career and worked her way up just recently the u.s attorney steve wienhoff who was the immediate predecessor of rochelle crow gave her an award for her lifelong achievements in the office before he left as U.S. attorney in that office. And he invited me and some other family members to the award ceremony. And it was a total surprise to her. She had no idea she was getting the award and she had no idea I was coming. It was just so special to be able to watch her receive this award and be praised with such kind and sincere words from her coworkers. And it just, it filled me with pride to see her being recognized for her efforts and to see another side of her, of what her coworkers saw of her. Because when I was growing up, I know that she did a really good job of separating her work and home life. She rarely brought her work home with her in that she was able to be fully present as a mom my entire time growing up. So I never really had a great understanding of what she did or, you know, what her work life was like. And I feel now that we're both professionals, we have the ability to share that. And it's really deepened and strengthened our connection, I think. So I was just really inspired by by watching that ceremony and having this experience with her and growing with her as a professional. 
professional as I've become older and grown into my career. And I just, I really want to take away, you know, some of the things I heard about her in that ceremony. And I, I want to, you know, I hope that I do and continue to incorporate them into my practice. You know, I heard about how she's so dedicated. She'll pick up the phone for anyone, day or night. She will answer questions. If it's not her job to answer those questions, she will figure out whose it is and get them in contact and just such kind words about her going above and beyond. And I really hope to integrate that into my life. And, and she's taught me well and just love you, mom. So now I'll toss it to someone else, whoever wants to follow that. So this is Liz. I've talked about my mom on the podcast a couple of times, but just a little bit of backstory about her, because I think that that is important to understand the impact and the influence she's had on my life. My mom, Insook, was born in South Korea about 10 years after the war. And, you know, I think when we think about what South Korea looks like now, especially with media, it, it's very much a developed nation. But immediately following the war, it was not. It was a nation of a lot of struggle, a lot of poverty. And my mom was not an exception to that. Growing up, she actually grew up in a pretty small village initially. She was the oldest of five her parents had dropped out of school pretty early on because of the war. I think specifically my grandmother, her highest level of education was the eighth grade because she was 13 when there was a civil war going on. So my mom grew up under those circumstances. Not easy. She tells me about how she didn't have electricity. There wasn't running water. They really had to work for everything that they had. And eventually my grandfather took a job in the city and she moved into a more populated area and she went to college and she worked really hard to get out of that situation to better her life. And then she came to the United States when she was, I think, 32. She met my dad in her late 20s, got married, had me, and then she came to the United States at 32. And I can't imagine how scary that is. I mean, right now, my family and I are planning a trip to Korea just to go visit family. And I'm so scared thinking about being in a country where I don't speak the language, I'm not familiar with the culture, and how overwhelming I'm already feeling because, frankly, I know how a lot of Americans treat foreigners here. We think that they're dumb or because they don't speak English as well and, and we judge them and that's really difficult. And that's something that my mom has always struggled with, too, is she doesn't want anyone to think she's stupid. And she's not. She's not stupid. It's just English is her second language. But she's worked really hard for everything that she's gotten, you know, for her family, the sacrifice that she's made to give me a better life for my sister. And it's incredible thinking about the things that I've gotten to witness because we came to the United States when I was three. I mean, I got to watch my mom's citizenship swearing in. I was eight years old and I did not understand the impact of it at the time. I remember someone interviewing me and the reporter put a camera and a microphone in my face and said, how exciting is it you get to watch your mom become an American citizen? And I think I responded, I'm really hungry and I'm really bored. And my mom was like, <laughs> oh my oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. But looking back on it, I'm like, what an incredible achievement and something I got to witness. My mom not only got her degree in South Korea, she came to the United States and she got an accounting degree in America, in a language she didn't understand and she would tell me about she's like do you understand I had to translate everything into English into Korean so that I could understand it including like tests textbooks I had to work twice as hard not just to understand the material but to understand just what was even being said to me and I did not have a full appreciation for how hard my mom must have worked really until I got to law school I think where I was in a situation of I'm being spoken to in a language that I understand and a language that I have you know objective 
effectively mastered at this point. I'm in law school and I'm still struggling to understand what's happening right now. So how much did my mom have to work to get everything that she's accomplished? And I think that that just underlies everything that my mom has taught me and the most important lesson she's given me, which is the value of education. And I can't remember how many times growing up my mom would say the same thing of Elizabeth, no matter what you have, no matter what may be taken away from you. And I really think this is a post-war mentality talking, <laughs> but she's like, no matter what is taken away from you, your education is the one thing no one can take from you. That is always yours, something you can always hold on to and something that you can always use for your benefit, to benefit your family. And it's something you need to prioritize and take seriously. And again, I, I don't think I fully appreciated what my mom did for me and what my mom instilled in me until I got to law school. And now I'm in I'm in a career that, frankly, I look at so a lot of my family members. I, I would not be here if it were not for my mom pushing me. You know, I, I love my dad. My dad was incredible. He did not value education the way that my mom did. And he fully recognized that. And, you know, he said all the time, look, if it was just me, if you brought B's and C's home, it would have been fine. But you know that's not acceptable for your mother. You know she demands excellence. And it was difficult at the time, but now I sit here at the age where my mom was when she came to this country. And I'm just so incredibly thankful for how hard she was on me, but how much she loved me and how much she supported me and how she would basically sacrifice anything to make sure that I could have and, and do anything that I wanted. So with that, thanks, Mom. I love you. Saranghaeyo. Just, just means I love you in Korean. And so with that, I want to pass it to someone. Mary, I'm looking at you. How on earth am I supposed to condense down appreciation for my mother in a podcast? Although she listens to more podcasts than anyone I know, so I know she'll appreciate this. I think in my family, three out of the five of us in my immediate family are lawyers. My mom isn't a lawyer, but I think she's a better advocate than anyone in my family. I learned the meaning of unconditional love from my mom. She just loves people so well and because she wants to. I can't tell you how many times I have had friends over the years deal with, you know, whether it's unacceptance in their own family or some sort of personal issue and they have called me for my mom's number and they have met up with my mom at a coffee shop or something because they just know her ears will listen and actually hear what other people say and she'll advocate for them. I listened to another podcast and you all might have heard of this concept before, but it's this concept of a parent allowing their children to be held and free. They're held always by their parents, but they're free to be whoever they want to be. And I didn't realize it, but I grew up with a parent. Parents, but, you know, my mom who always allowed me to be held and free. And our relationship has taken a whole new level when I became a mom. My daughter gets to spend three days a week at my mom's house. And it is an unparalleled privilege and blessing that I get to be able to have that because she raised me and now she's raising my daughter. And I remember, and my mom stayed home with me and my two brothers when we were growing up. She's a teacher. She has her licensure, I believe, in special education, actually. And I remember after I had my daughter, Nora, my mom missed so many things because she just came to my house every day for like two weeks. She came over with pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> She'd order lunch. She'd be there for dinner. She never left my side. And I will never, ever forget. And I'm sure mom 
I know she's listening to this and I, I'm sure she remembers. I'm actually, before I had a daughter, I actually wasn't much of a crier and I cry about everything. And I remember the first time that I went back to work after leave and I went to my mom's house because Nora was over at her house and my mom just looked at me and just could sense overwhelm, you know, because she's my mom. And she just looked at me and was like, how are you doing? And I just completely tears. She's holding me on the couch, you know, like Nora's laying there and my mom was holding me as we're looking at my daughter. I'm like, it's hard. It's just really hard right now. I'm struggling a lot. And, and it just really opened up our relationship to a whole new dynamic. I, I can't talk about my mom without also including the fact that I'm now a mom. And it is the most indescribable dynamic. It's the most complex thing I've ever experienced in my life is being a mom. And knowing that my mom not only raised me, but my two brothers, who you all know. Oh, God, I don't know how she did it. She just, I'm telling you, I bet you there's somebody who's listening to this podcast who my mom has helped in some way that I don't even know about. There really isn't. There's not one thing I can say that I learned from my mom because I've learned so much. I'm just so blessed and fortunate to have her as my mom and my advocate all the time, no matter what happens, no matter what decisions I make, whoever I want to be, I could literally change my entire career path tomorrow and she would be the first to advocate for me and whatever I wanted to do. And that is complete unconditional love. That's how I've learned it. I just had the opportunity. I've missed the last couple of recordings. And one of the reasons is because I was on a trip to New York with my mom, just she and I, we just planned it. I can only hope that I managed to have that relationship with my daughter that I have with my mom. And I kept telling her that when we were on this trip, you know, I just have so much fun with you. And I just, it's crazy. When my mom tells me, I think you're a good mom. It's like the biggest compliment to me that I could ever get in my life. There is nothing in my whole world that I care about more than, you know, my daughter and and caring for her. And to hear my mom tell me that, it's like, it almost feels like I've accomplished every goal I've ever set my mind to to hear her say that. But I just, I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for, you know, all the moms. I hope everyone gets so much appreciation this Mother's Day. And I am so, so, so lucky to have Margie Simon as my mom. And she's probably a mom to so many other people for just that unconditional advocacy and love. Who else loves their mom? I don't even know where to begin when talking about my mom. I think that it's crazy how much an impact your mom can have on your life, whether good or bad. It's hard to put into words all of the ways my mom has played like the role in my life. I think she's just the kind of person that will drop everything, no matter what they're doing, for the people that she loves. And one of her cousins jokes that she never cut the umbilical cord between me and my brother. So when my brother left for college, it was obviously like really difficult. He's five years older than me. So I was in middle school at the time. And I think that that's when I realized like how important kids are to their mom. I think it was the first time I really fully realized it because that was hard on everyone. And that's when I realized I kind of needed to like step in. And so when I moved to St. Louis at five or six years ago, you know, I talked to her every single day. It, it doesn't even feel we're five hours away and it doesn't never feel like it. And I think that, you know, she's become my best friend and she's my number one confidant. We talk about everything. But as our relationship has evolved into more of, you know, being friends, I think that we've been able to talk more about her work and mine and I feel like in that way we hold each other accountable a bit. She works in also a male dominated industry and so it's been interesting to hear it from her perspective. She's obviously older than me but holds you know a similar professional role and I hear about you know what the men are doing in her office and sometimes it's funny how similar it can be to the things that we see and I sometimes you know we give each other advice about stuff like that. She listens 
to the podcast, so I think that that has been helpful. But trying not to get emotional, it's not something that I do on the podcast often. But gosh, I think that one of the main things that comes to mind is, you know, how she drops everything. When I bought my house two years ago, it happened to be like a really busy time at work. And she flew up here, packed my whole apartment while I was at work every day, spent the whole week at my house while she also worked remotely. And then I had a depot on the day I was supposed to move and she did all of that on her own. Just crazy. And I I mean, I don't have kids, so it's hard to imagine just that kind of that level of sacrifice that it takes to be a parent and how it never really ends. And just like the emotional bond of it is just unreal to me. So Mary, you getting um, emotional talking about you and Nora just it's hard to put into words just the kind of sacrifice it takes and then just how one little being just becomes your entire world and I think that can be scary but it's also just like amazing to talk about and I don't think I think that moms should you know get the whole year and not just one day but I hope that with this podcast episode just know how much they're appreciated so mom thanks for always being there thanks for always picking up the phone I love you To understand how I react when somebody asks, you know, about my mom or about my family, you have to know that I have two moms. My parents are divorced and both remarried. I have four parents that have all raised me throughout the years, which means that I have my mom and my stepmom who is equally close to me in so many different ways that I appreciate her. My stepmom didn't have any children when she married my dad. She was 39 and she got a sixth grader and a freshman in high school at the age of 39 who she did not get the benefit of the cute toddle years where you know you forgive them for everything they do in their teens because you remember how cute they were when they were little. And I'm also so lucky because my mom and my stepmom have always gotten along and my stepmom has never tried to replace my mom or force our relationship and always let me lead the way, which I think is so unique in our situation. And I'm so lucky to have both of them, my mom and my stepmom in my life. And that is an important thing to remember that not all families look the way you would expect. You know, plenty of people may not have the relationship with their mom that they wanted, or they may have lost their mom, and Mother's Day can be a hard thing. But from my experience, I always remember that, you know, families, the people who are your mother figures or your father figures are the people that show up for you every day and who answer the phone when you have a bad day and you need to unload on someone, and they become those people in your life. So let me talk about my mom for a moment. She's really, (laughs) I kind of think she's a red Renaissance lady, because she's been a nurse her entire career. She, for 38 years, has been one of the nurses who pick up the poison control hotline when your kid like gets into a bottle of Windex and you're freaking out and you need to know if your kid is about to keel over or if you just give them some milk and observe them for three hours. I start with that because now, even though I do medical malpractice, I know from a very visceral level that nurses are very special people. And she lives out every wonderful quality of 
every nurse I've ever met who is worth their salt, which means there is no problem they can't solve. There is no situation that they come to and don't know how to take charge, organize, and find solutions. And being raised by someone like that, I think nurses should raise every lawyer out there because if we're going to be professional problem solvers, <laughs> watching that woman work throughout her entire life, whether it was personal, professional, whatever, I just have always thought my mom was one of the most capable people I've ever watched. And I say she's a renaissance lady because she like has had this very long career. She's very accomplished in her field. She's published. She you know, has been in leadership within the Poison Center. She's an accomplished calligrapher. She had an heirloom sewing side hustle when we were younger. She canes chairs, whatever the heck that was. I mean, she was a master gardener. She's a great cook. She does needlepoint still for my kids. I mean, it's just, you know, she has all those like domestic things that that you just don't see anymore. And, and I don't know how she had all the time to raise us, have a full-time career, be a wonderful daughter, mother, sibling, spouse, and like have hobbies that she's learned. But watching her work throughout the years, when I was little, I used to go to the Poison Center with her and like sit under her desk while she would do a shift. I'm sure that would be some HIPAA violation at this point. But my six-year-old self, that happened not often, but frequently enough that I have these fond memories of it. And I would, you know, like have a little coloring book underneath the desk or whatever. And I will always have in my mind my mom's work voice because when a parent calls you just crazy, you know, a crisis situation with their child, my mom's kind of like a pseudo first responder. So it's, you know, a parent has known that they need this kind of help. So instead of calling 911, they call the poison control hotline. And hearing her talk to parents or anyone in a crisis situation, you know, who are wondering, who need her advice, the way she calms and reacts and talks to them is my self-talk when I need to be in the moment and respond and not just react. And she's always been like a very emotional and nurturing person as well, but she has these two modes. You know, she can go into nursing work mode and it's like a super power. Um, and to see that and be able to learn from that and see the way she just navigates every scenario that she's faced with. I just, I can't say enough about how wonderful of an example that she set for me. And Mary, of course, like you said, both of us becoming moms in the last few years for the first time. It's such, so she was living in Houston when we had our first daughter and my oldest daughter was born in December. My mom was moved in to St. Louis five minutes away from us by March. So, so the fact that she has moved back to be a full-time grandmother and my stepdad, of course, too, who is a wonderful papa and be five minutes away from us. It's so special to me because I grew up with my grandma five minutes away. And that was, you know, my relationship with my mom's mom was the third most important relationship in my life after my parents. And the fact that my mom has uprooted her whole life and friends and said, I'm not going to miss out on this. It just shows me how, you know, that bond is and how it just wasn't a question. She was kind of like, when you guys get pregnant, we will be making plans to move. <laughs> and it's just 
been so wonderful to have her here as you know you go through those early years that feel so overwhelming and hard I say it's on the flip side but it's not my stepmom is I mean my dad had a type super capable wonderful women and he is so damn lucky to have two and thank god he is a great person himself because no man should get a second shot and have such a <laughs> wonderful second marriage as my stepmom. I think about her life. She lost her mom to cancer when she was nine and her stepmom married her dad when she was 15. So she has been raised by a woman who she called her mom her whole life, but who was technically her stepmom. And she told me this story. So Evelyn, her mom, passed away maybe 10 years ago at this point. She was also just a wonderful woman. And when she was near the end, Dee, my stepmom, was at her mom, stepmom's bedside. And, you know, like I said, she didn't have kids and she got us when we were, you know, teens. And her mom said to her, you know, what's, what's going to happen to you? Who's going to be next to you. You didn't have kids. And she was like really concerned. And Dee just looks at her and she goes, you're my stepmom too. (laughs) And she's like, oh yeah. (laughs) And she's like, clearly Erica and Adrian. (laughs) And when she told me that story, you know, the good news is she didn't say it with a like wink, wink, nod, nod, right? (laughs) You know, and I just took that as, okay, so you get it. I'm going to be there for you. And the relationship that we've developed over the years since I was 12 has been so wonderful because I've learned a completely different set of values and of examples from my stepmom and, you know, being able to have such a close relationship with her as I have from my mom. So I feel like I'm kind of over-indexed on moms and I'm also, like my dad, so lucky to have had two wonderful women in my life. The last thing I want to share that is the most shocking thing to me after becoming a mom is you realize, so I have an older sister and and it's just the two of us. So we're two girls and now I have two girls and the love you feel for your child is so shocking. And then the second most shocking thing is, oh my God, my mom loves me this much and I hope you can like I mean I experienced that before I had kids but then it was so eye-opening to understand like somebody loves me the way I love these kids and that has been one of the greatest gifts I think of motherhood you know you don't you don't have to experience it to have a wonderful relationship with your mom but it was just such a beautiful thing to learn in becoming a mom myself so mom I love you so much. It's mom, which is what I call my stepmom. It's mom. Um, thank you so much for accepting a 12-year-old into your life as your own daughter. And I love you both. Thank you guys so much. Well, I'm very thankful that you all let me go last because I've been quietly weeping for the last 30 minutes. So I think maybe I've gotten it out of my system. I have a little bit different perspective because I have reached the age where the inevitable reversing of the roles is starting. So instead of being only the child and being taken care of, I still have that. But because my mom is getting older, I'm seeing the shift and becoming more aware of the caregiving roles. And am so thankful that I had her example. I lied. I can't do it. Thankful that I had her example because I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to be good at it. So I'll start with a little bit, Pam, 
Pam Hill Cullion, born in 1944, and she lost her father when she was 16 to cancer and was raised by her mother, my grandmother, who Erica, I mean, one of my, I mean, it's hard to even beat that relationship. So my grandmother raised my mother and her younger sister, my aunt. So it starts with her. It starts with Virgie, Virgie Hill, because that was example my mother had. And I have had both my grandmother and my mother as examples. So I don't know, this is, sounds kind of arrogant, but I knew I was going to be a good mom because of, I had these examples. And if I was going to falter, I had people that would tell me and fix it for me. So, I mean, I guess the jury's still out because my boys are still boys, but my mother was indulgent, but not a pushover. She has a great ability to read people's needs and wants and knows the difference, but almost always indulged the wants anyway. So some silly examples growing up though, this will surprise you, I'm sure. But I I rode the bus. This was like in elementary school and then into middle school, still riding the bus, because that's what you did in public school in Kentucky. And I would put, I had a curling iron, so I would curl my hair in the morning. And I would ride the bus, and the bus was bumpy. Okay, this is, my mother tells this story, but I actually remember <laughs> it. So by the time I got to school, my curls had fallen out from the bumps, okay? So I tell my mother this story. And I say, Mom, I can't ride the bus anymore. My curls are falling out. So what does she do? She takes me to school every day. Yeah. I mean, did I need? No, that was, maybe oh that was gosh. indulgent. Perhaps that was indulgent. But it wasn't, it was not that far. But, and then one day. <laughs> That's a real far. Southern girl. It story. was, That's right? Love. Like, I know. So then when I grew up, I had a, a cedar closet in my bedroom, and I was terrible. I just threw all my shoes in there. So this also was a middle school story where I had several pair of flats, and it didn't bother to turn the light on when I was pulling out my shoes and didn't look down at my shoes until I got to school and had two different shoes on, like one navy and one black, and was freaking out, called my mom, and she brought me the... Of course she brought me the other shoe. Like, do you even think about not doing that for your kid? So this indulgence was real but the trick was also doing it with the understanding that it was recognized to be important to me but don't lose sight on why she's doing it and don't never disrespect that and I'm sure I did trust me I mean I'm sure I did but it's things that you witness growing up your mom doing that you don't appreciate at the time the education in it whether it's being strict about something or kind about something setting an example but it was looking neck back now at the kind of person I am and I think also being able to deal with difficult situations with diplomacy, this all came from my mother. And it's sometimes shocking to me to sit, as I said, I've been crying for, you know, half an hour now, thanks for the headache. But I, it's because when you choose to look back at who you are and why you are, you have to give credit where credit is due. And there's no question in my mind that, I mean, both my mom and my dad, but I think because I'm a woman and a wife and a mother and a sister and a daughter, I think it's, you do look at your mother for your example. And y'all, we are also lucky to have them. I mean, it is, I think it's unusual that we all are sitting here having them still being very active in our lives. And I think that maybe is the genesis of some of my 
reaction, some of my emotion, because you can see the future. And we had a scare at the end of the year with my mom because she was diagnosed with cancer. But it was the weirdest thing because she went in, and I'm sure she had an emergency appendicitis in November, which is like, oh, what's the big deal about that? And luckily, we had a surgeon who was, you know, educated enough to send the appendix to pathology because a 78-year-old, it's kind of unusual to have appendicitis. It's kind of a young person's game. And it came back cancer of her appendix. And so also a very rare, interesting condition. So we went through that all the way through the end of the year and into January, and she ended up having a surgery to remove part of a colon and the lymph nodes. That was the standard of care. Trust me, I've looked into it. And and then the question was about after the surgery, which all the pathology came back clean from the surgery. And most of y'all know the story. And so then it became a question of chemo. So this would have been January. And we looked into that, had three oncologists' opinions, and the decision was no chemo because chemo is not without its own pain and suffering and cost. So it's so strange because she went in in November for appendicitis, got out two days later, everything's fine, then got the PATH report, and everybody freaks out for a while, goes in for the surgery. That was terrible, but she recovered, and, and no chemo. So... I actually have to think about that. Like, did that actually happen? Because she never felt bad a single day, except for, you know, directly after the surgery. But you can't go through something like that and not think about the future. So it is right to think back about who you are, where it came from, and who to thank for that. I have never felt anything other than full of support and love and the example of what that looks like to pass along to not only my children, anyone I'm able to reach. And it's subtle, right? It's, it's just understanding kindness and how people deserve to be treated. Now, we will definitely disagree on politics. So that is a little of a conundrum. But I never doubt the ferocity with which I'm loved. And I think at your core, if you can approach life with that, with that as your core and your fire and your safety net and your backup and your it gives you such strength and such ambition because you know that even if you misstep, even if you fail, it doesn't really matter because there's always going to be someone there to say it's okay. And that's when I look at my life, my choices, my success, my failures, they are always in the shadow of this example and this love. And for that, I am very thankful. I like to believe that I tell my mother I love her constantly, which I do. We don't talk every day, but I don't have any doubt that she knows that. And I know she feels the same way. So I'm hopeful that our listeners can take a moment and think about their mothers, their stepmothers, their grandmothers, any mother figures, aunts, anyone in their lives as we approach Mother's Day who have been that pillar 
of support at any point in their lives and recognize how foundational it has been for them. And so for Mother's Day 2023, it is our wish at the Heels in the Courtroom, if I may be so bold to speak for all of us, that you take a moment to reflect on who you are and why you are. And if you're able to express that gratitude, then do so. And we hope everyone has a lovely Mother's Day. I think I speak for everyone when I say it's been incredibly difficult to summarize just how much we love our moms. And um, it's very difficult to put into words the amount of love and respect and admiration and gratitude that we have for our mothers. And HITC moms, perhaps I can summarize by saying we are proud to be your daughters. So hopefully this inspires you all to go show your mom or the mother figures in your life um, some love because they probably don't hear it enough. And with that, we will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. As always, feel free to reach out to us um, via email at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. See you next time. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today 